Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. KFI AM640 Los Angeles, Orange County. And KOST HD2. It's 5 a.m. What did you miss? It's time for Wake Up Call with Michael Crozier. Three, uh. Monday to you. It's your wake-up call for Monday, January 4th, 2021. Can't get used to that. Just can't. I'm Michael Crozier, filling in for Jennifer Jones Lee. One more day. Jennifer's back tomorrow. You miss her. I miss her. We all miss her. It's just how it goes. You got to get these people off sometime, right? They got to have some sort of break in their lives, right? I, uh, I'm exhausted. <laughs> this is the uh, last day doing this, and I will be back actually tonight as well. I'll be on with Tim, uh, and I am going to go home right after this and go to sleep and then wake up and then come right back here and be here tomorrow or tonight into tomorrow morning before Jennifer starts out. Uh, I uh, had to move my girlfriend's daughter to Pasadena over the weekend, and I'm way too old to be doing this stuff. She has a boyfriend who's a big dude. I don't know, 6'2", 6'3", something like that. Big dude. He's got a friend. Even bigger dude. And it's just an apartment. She's moving in with two other girls into an apartment, three-bedroom apartment. So, you know, you're thinking not too much in the way of, like, big stuff. But they didn't have a fridge. They didn't have uh, they didn't have a TV. So they took our – we had a spare fridge in the, in our garage because I moved in with my girlfriend last year. Uh, also had a spare TV because I had a TV when I moved in my, with my girlfriend last year. And it's one of those – it's a big screen one, but it's one of those older big screen ones, like 10, 12 years old. It's in great condition, but it is a tank and uh, the new TVs now that are that big, oh, you can pick them up with one hand. But that TV, two big dudes picking that thing up. Oh, and I forgot the other little nice detail. Uh, their apartment was on the third sort of floor, the first floor. Yeah, let's say the third floor. That was ridiculous. And then pulling up a refrigerator up three floors is not a cool thing for a 50-year-old dude to do when there's two big dudes that are just watching you do it. So that was my Saturday. How was yours? Yeah, the back's still feeling it right now. And I need some sleep. I'm not complaining. I love this. This has actually been really fun doing this. This has been my escape for the last week and a half. So thanks for sticking along. If you've been with us, if you didn't do like the rest of the population decided you were going to crash out for two weeks and just not even do anything with anybody. But uh, if you were here, Thank you. It was a lot of fun. Total blast. Let's get on with the wake-up call, shall we? Here's some of the top stories we're following in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. And what's ahead for your wake-up call this morning? Mayor Eric Garcetti says L.A. County is recording a new COVID-19 case every six seconds. A call from this weekend apparently has President Trump telling Georgia's election boss that he wants him to find enough votes to overturn the win for Joe Biden in the state. And a judge in the U.K. has refused the request by the United States to extradite WikiLeaks founder Julian Assange on espionage charges. So it looks like he's going to stay there uh, at 5.05. Just a couple minutes, two minutes from now, we're going to talk to Karen Travis from ABC News. She's back. We're gonna, she's going to talk exactly about that uh, 
little phone call. It's It's been a signature thing for his presidency, phone calls. So he's going to go out like he came in in the duration of his presidency. It'll, it was an interesting phone call. It was very Trump. You know, whether you agree with him or disagree with him, it was it was kind of on par. Uh, Five twenty. We're going to talk to John Parkinson about uh, the Congress, which is the new one now in session, the one hundred seventeenth Congress. The makeup of it, what that might mean. It's a narrower uh, majority for Democrats at this point. Nancy Pelosi was uh, once again elected as the leader of, of the House, Speaker of the House. Five thirty-five. Steve Roberts from ABC News. Uh, going to talk about the big election on Tuesday in Georgia for those two Senate seats. President Trump looks like he's going to be in uh, Georgia today for some uh, kids, probably his last, I guess it would be his last rallies as president. And at 550, we're going to talk to Aaron Katursky about uh, where things are at with the COVID and another grim milestone that we hit uh, just over the weekend. It's a big, big, big number. 605, it's the early edition of Handle on the News. Handle is back and it's it's version 2021 of Bill Handle. Welcome to it. Shall we? All right. Uh, let's uh, take a quick check of our first traffic of the morning. Robin Banks is with us. She's been here the duration as well. She's the only trooper that's made it through the whole way. Uh, I feel Robin, like you were here. Is that what it is? You yeah. found out and you're like, oh, no, no, cancel my vacation. Crows yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. No. Go ahead and let somebody else take that off because, no, <laughs> Crows are here. It's been a long time since we've worked together. So. It has. A couple years. <laughs> Tell us about a crash on the five, girl. City of Orange on the 5 South at the 22. That's the Orange Coast Interchange. It's a wreck with the carpool lane shut down. Emergency crews are on scene here. Expect your drive to uh, slow down right around Chapman Avenue at this point. San Bernardino, 210 westbound, just before Waterman. Wreck with debris and the stuff all over the right shoulder. That slows you down right around Del Rosa. Now, 10 westbound strikes your fancy from the 57 into downtown Los Angeles. Looking good at about 23 minutes. And 60 westbound, if you use that freeway, Diamond Bar through East L.A., about 25 minutes for that drive. KFI in the Sky helps get you there faster. I'm Robin Banks. 505 on your wake-up call on a Monday morning, uh, post-holidays. Let's say good morning once again to Karen Travers, uh, back from her, I guess, vacation. Good morning, Karen. Hey, good morning. Start strong. Uh, same to you. Same to you. Uh, so phone yeah. calls Phone calls with this president have been a signature mm-hmm. component of his presidency. I guess we could expect yeah. one more before he was out of the White House, right? This didn't disappoint. Yeah, I mean, that's a, no, that's a really good point. You know, certainly spent many months talking about a phone call from the president that turned very controversial. And now with uh, just two weeks to go in his presidency, there's another one. This is an hour-long phone call, first reported by the Washington Post, where the president is talking to Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger. ABC News obtained audio of that call, and you can hear the president rambling and and pushing this long list of conspiracy theories. But he makes one thing very clear. He wants the Georgia Republican Secretary of State to find enough votes to change the outcome of the election there. He says, I only need 11,000 votes. At one point, he says there's nothing wrong with saying that you've recalculated, essentially telling Raffensperger to go back and figure out a way to cook the count so that he wins. Now, the votes in Georgia have been recounted three times, including an extensive recount that was done by hand. Still, the president is making these claims that there was election fraud. uh, And Raffensperger today on Good Morning America said that this is all just not true, that they've been doing a game of whack-a-mole with rumors for two months and that they've debunked all of the theories that the president is pushing, the theories that the president continues to believe. So it's been it was uh, about an hour long conversation. You say has yeah. has the whole thing been released, or we've just heard these snippets? 
you can listen to it. I believe the post had put out the entire audio. I don't know if we have done that on our website. We have heard the entire hour conversation. And I think the post of the transcript as well. So, you know, you can listen to it and beyond just hearing the snippets of it. But, you know, it's it's incredible to hear how many times the president makes that point about 11,000 votes. That's all he needs, 11,000 votes. He's making it very clear what he wants and what he'd like to see the secretary of state and his team do. And it was interesting to see him go. You could feel and hear mm-hmm. him trying different routes of getting through to Raffensperger and, and Germany, mm-hmm. the secretary of state's his counsel. And to one point yeah. where he kind of suggested they both could be criminally liable if they didn't uh, find the thousands of votes, yeah. a criminal offense. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, there, there was pleading, there was pressure, there was, uh, you know, flattery, there was criticism. And then there was also what seemed to be a sort of a threat of criminal liability. He says that Raffensperger and his attorney aren't reporting things that are going on down there, the, that the president's convinced is funny business. And he says that's a criminal offense and you can't let that happen. That's a big risk to you and your lawyer. Anytime we hear that, though, it's like, oh, he, uh, President Trump might have broken some sort of law or there's some legality here that we should be looking into mm-hmm. we got two week two and a half weeks or so left three weeks yeah. roughly before he's out of office I, what is that so even just to say that doesn't really mean anything because we know sure. at this point it's just a long involved process but is anybody kind of yeah. saying this under the guise of do something or are they just make yeah, it a point you know legal well, legal experts have said yesterday that we, we talked to after the audio came out that the president may have violated laws that prohibit election interference and you know, certain things change once you're not the president anymore. But still, these experts say charges are unlikely because it's hard to prove intent uh, when you're listening to something like that. But, you know, I think the, the practical implication of this that has a lot of Republicans concerned is there are those two Senate runoff races tomorrow in Georgia. The president is in Georgia tonight for a rally. Joe Biden's also in Georgia. And the president's made it clear he's going to continue talking about what he says is rampant fraud in Georgia, even as every official down there is saying he's just wrong on all of this. So the big concern is that he goes down there for this rally intending, you know, the the point is to rev up Republicans, get turnout tomorrow at these runoff races, because it's hard to get people to turn out on a non-presidential day, you know. January 5th. <laughs> a lot of people have things going on. You got to get them out to the polls, though. And they're worried that if the president keeps talking about fraud and that the results from November were invalid, it's going to make people question the system and just say, well, why should I even bother turning out if all of this is, uh, you know, there's, there's funny business going on with it? It kind of seems like he's saying that, too, in the sense of I have never really mm-hmm. heard him advocating for in in in, the, in this election that's coming up tomorrow really for the yeah. two candidates he's spending so much time lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once actually do i have to say yes you do in the car before my kids pta meeting really yes excuse me what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky i never win and tell well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talking about how right. legitimate the votes are, if he gets in front of crowds tonight, will he even say mm-hmm. go vote or will he just kind of go on his own personal <laughs> sort of rants? 
Yeah, that's the million-dollar question. And Republicans would like him to say, please get out and vote, and they'd like him to talk about the two Republican candidates. I think most people expect that that's not what the focus will be, that it's about the president uh, and his grievances. During that phone call with the Secretary of State, you can hear the president say he thinks Republicans will stay home on Tuesday because they're not happy with how the presidential race played out. And how are we looking at as far as uh, Wednesday coming up? Are you hearing anything? I mean, we've been hearing yeah. what uh, roughly a dozen uh, Republican senators say they're going to they're going to object on Wednesday. Yeah. It, yeah. There's uh, 140 House Republicans and at least a dozen Republican senators who say they will challenge the Electoral College results when uh, Congress comes in on Wednesday. They do not have the votes to overturn Biden's victory, but this will play out in a very messy process. Instead of being a very quick vote and quick confirmation of this, this could play out for a couple of hours. And it's also going to look really bad for the Republicans because you're going to have some Republicans, as we've seen this play out publicly in the last couple of days, say that this is uh, a completely inappropriate push. Others saying that they're standing with the president. You know, this is why Mitch McConnell last month said he did not want this to happen because he didn't want a public fight among Republicans. Yeah. And, and so we're, we're going to see how this all plays out. But I would mm-hmm. say that tonight's rally, considering that it's I guess <laughs> it would be his officially is a last rally that he's going to do before he leaves office. I he, yeah. The weight of that it ought to be interesting to see if that plays on him, too. So if he goes out in a real big bang tonight. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Dalton, Georgia this evening. Thank you, Karen. We appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day. Thanks. You as well. And a happy new year to you. It is. It's a 2021. I'm still, we're, we're, I think we're past that stage in our lives where we uh, need to worry about writing 20, the correct uh, year on our checks because who the heck writes checks anymore? But uh, it just in this profession, it's kind of hard to do. You literally have to write. I have right for Monday, January 4, 2021. And I have 21 bold and underlined and italicized just so I remember. All right. Uh, let's uh, take a quick look at some of the other stories coming out of the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The number of deaths from COVID-19 in L.A. County continues to climb. 219 new deaths were reported over the weekend. And county health officials say the high number is most likely a backlog of stats from the Christmas holiday and a major Internet outage. 7,544 people are in a hospital with the virus, 21% of whom are in the ICU. This is an increase of more than 850 patients since a week ago Saturday. As of yesterday, 10,773 people have died from COVID-19. Steve Gregory, KFI News. The number of Americans killed by COVID-19 has surpassed 350,000. John Hopkins University has counted more than 351,000 American deaths. President Trump has claimed, without evidence, the death count from COVID has been exaggerated. More than 20.6 million Americans have tested positive for the virus during the pandemic. That's about one in 16 Americans. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk to uh, John Parkinson from ABC News about this new Congress that is now in session, was sworn in yesterday. Uh, Democrats still in control, but by a lot fewer votes than what they're used to. The least, uh, the tightest margin, say, in 20 years that the Democrats have control of the House. And, of course, uh, Nancy Pelosi was a reelected Speaker of the House. She won it in a very slim margin. Uh, we'll see. It's It's... Going to be an interesting week, what was supposed to be a pretty slow last couple of weeks, but it just keeps on. Also, we'll give you a chance to win $1,000 when we come back. That and more on the wake-up call. It's KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app.
Welcome back to the Wake Up Call on KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Michael Crozier filling in for Jennifer Jones Lee. One more day here. Some of the stories we're covering from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. The head of the California Funeral Directors Association says mortuaries are turning away grieving families because there's no space for bodies because of the COVID surge. About a dozen senators are apparently going to challenge the Electoral College vote during the confirmation Wednesday. And Wonder Woman 1984 has tanked in its second weekend in theaters. 535, we're going to talk with Steve Roberts from ABC News. Both president and president-elect will be in Georgia today. The big Senate runoff comes on Tuesday, and it's going to be an interesting day of rallies going on all day today from both sides, Democrat, Republican, for this big Senate uh, election that takes place on Tuesday to decide who controls the Senate. 605, it's Handle on the News with Bill Handel, back from vacation. Uh, right now is your chance to win $1,000. For your chance at 1000 bucks, text the nationwide keyword, Bills, B-I-L-L. LS to 200-200. You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. That's bills to 200-200. And if you win, you'll get a call from a number that you don't recognize. Make sure to pick that call up. And if you don't win now, there's still plenty of chances uh, to play. Otherwise, your next shot will be with Handle in uh, two, about two hours from now, 720. 522 on your wake-up call. Let's say good morning to John Parkinson from ABC News. Good morning, John. Good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm fantastic. Happy New Year to you, sir. Thank you. So the 117th Congress officially now in session. Uh, what are we to expect? Uh, well, even before Wednesday, before we hit the big uh, election confirmation day. Well, uh, first, we're going to see that special election in Georgia. That will determine the majority in the Senate. Um, then you're going to see the House today. They're going to approve their rules package. So um, beyond that, it's everything's leading up to this certification of the Electoral College. And I think that's really where a lot of the focus is turning already just, uh, you know, two days out. So the swearing-in all took place yesterday. Any drama that took place as far as any new members or old members yet, or is we still in the honeymoon stages? Uh, you know, there were some different moments, I guess, where people were yelling at each other on the floor, but that was what we were hearing about staff. Um, in the end, you know, it was a tight race for Speaker Pelosi. She won with uh, 216 Democrats supporting her bid for Speaker. It's her fourth term as Speaker. And she's the third one in the last 25 years to win with less than 218 votes. Uh, Newt Gingrich and Paul Ryan both had that happen to them as well. But uh, in the end, you know, she's a prolific fundraiser for Democrats and raised, you know, a billion dollars over the last couple decades that she's been in Democratic leadership. So she really knows her power, as she says. Uh, it's the title of her book. And um, she's seizing onto it uh, for two more years. And as you said, it's, it was a tight vote yesterday. It was unanimous on, along party lines yesterday as far as the Speaker of the House. Yeah, there were five uh, other Democrats that did not vote for Pelosi. Um, two voted for other Democratic members of Congress and then three other women. Uh, they were all um, freshmen last time. Now will be sophomores. They all voted present, and that lowered the threshold that Pelosi needed. So she was able to do it with 216 Democrats. And what's the first thing of business, or is it just the Wednesday with the Electoral College, uh, with the formality of that? Do we expect anything between now and Wednesday, or is it just kind of getting feet wet? I think, you know, they're going to approve their rules package in the House. And then after that, um, you know, there's no major bill 
that is going to come to the floor before certification of the uh, Electoral College. So we'll, um, you know, of course, have, a, I think, a big legislative agenda over the first 100 days. And uh, the House Democrats are eager to, as they say, rebuild for America. And what kind of a time frame is it b- between the election on Tuesday when we have results for the for the Senate in Georgia and when those two, whoever wins, get sworn in? Honestly, it depends how close it is, right? Like, if it looks like it's only, you know, a thousand votes or something and it's within a certain percentage of the overall voting population, it can mandate, you know, that there's recounts and that kind of thing. So it could get drawn out. But, you know, typically these political races are called the night of. It's usually pretty clear, like, after the reporting comes in, you know, especially with just statewide races and not something nationally that depends on 50 different components. Instead, this is just one state, and there's a lot of focus and infrastructure set up to handle it. We will keep an eye on it. It should be an interesting uh, beginning of the session. Thank you so much, John Parkinson. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Michael. From ABC News, John Parkinson, and it is, it's, it's, it ought to be interesting to see after the last two weeks of will there be a vote, will there be a veto of the president's uh, defense bill that he, or an override of his veto uh, from a couple of weeks ago for the defense bill, uh, and at what point do they start looking at uh, more COVID relief, if there is any more coming. A lot of it will depend on uh, tomorrow's election in Georgia, two Senate seats, a big one. And like I said, today it's going to be a big day on the on the rally on the campaign circuit. You're going to see president. It's going to be his last rally as president. So he's probably going to pull out all the stops. That's going to be my uh, that's that's my prediction. It's going to be an interesting rally uh, going on tonight. And uh, Mike Pence is down there, too. And of course, Democrats are down there. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris is all going to be down there doing their old perspective in different places, of course. Let's get back to some of the stories coming out of the KFI 24 hour newsroom. Federal health officials say COVID-19 vaccinations vaccinations have sped up in the past few days. We did not hit our 20 million that we thought we were going to hit at the end of the, of the year. Americans received about Four million shots uh, since we began. Dr. Anthony Fauci says the U.S. reached about half a million shots per day just last week. He says a full million a day is what it would take to make a real difference. By the time we end the summer and get to the fall. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. We will have achieved that level of herd immunity that I think will get us back to some form of normality. Fauci says he supports President-elect Biden's plan to call for 100 million vaccinations in 100 days. Fauci says that is achievable. America's COVID-19 vaccine supplies might not be as limited as they appear. ABC's Diana Rocco says Moderna is working with the FDA to possibly cut doses in half. Research suggests the immune response is really the same for younger populations. That could mean twice the number of vaccines will be available if half doses are approved by the FDA. Some medical experts have also proposed delaying second doses of the Pfizer vaccine for healthcare workers to allow more people to get those first doses. That's also up to the FDA. All right, when we come back, we're going to talk to Steve Roberts, both the president and president-elect. As we said, they'll be in Georgia today as the Senate runoff elections take place 
tomorrow. They're in their la- their final hours. The outcome, uh, Republican Senator David Perdue against Democrat John Ossoff, GOP Senator Kelly Loeffler against Reverend Raphael Warnock. Both the Republicans are in control right now, but, uh, they'll, but whoever does it, will whoever wins, will determine which party. The Democrats have to win both seats for the Democrats to control the Senate. So that'll be uh, what we talk about when we come back. Right now, let's check on uh, some traffic. There's a wreck on the 210, Robin. It's the wake-up call on KFI AM 640, live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. If you haven't downloaded that thing, what are you waiting for? Download it. It's free. Come on. I'm Michael Crozier filling in for Jennifer Jones Lee. One more day here on the Wake Up Call. Here are some of the stories we're covering from the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Nancy Pelosi has been re-elected as House Speaker. The 117th Congress was sworn in yesterday. It all starts fresh and anew today. She got 216 votes yesterday compared to 209 for California Republican Senator Kevin McCarthy. Uh, Iran says it has seized a South Korean oil tanker and taken it into Iranian territorial waters. Heard about this a couple hours ago about how at first they said that uh, their uh, ships and planes had seen how the oil tanker had just gone into territorial waters, but we hadn't heard anything. So there was some suppositions about whether or not it had been seized or not. And uh, Iran has come out and said, yep, it was us. And uh, they're accusing a South Korean oil tanker of uh, essentially of polluting the waters with oil whether it meant metaphorically or literally. Uh, President-elect Joe Biden's inauguration will include a virtual parade across America, which it says, which they say will allow people across the nation to take part. Don't go to D.C. this year for the inauguration. You're probably not going to have much fun. There's probably not going to be that much to do, you would assume. At uh, 5.50, we're going to talk to Aaron Katursky. Uh, Americans uh, hit another milestone in uh, millions of lives dead. Uh, we hit 350,000 deaths over the weekend. At 6.05, it's Handle on the News, Handle's Back. So it's all hands on deck uh, in uh, about a half hour from now. Handle's back from his little vacation last week. If you were around, you heard it was uh, myself and uh, Wayne Resnick. We had we had John come in the board out for one day. We had uh, our Alex, our regular uh, producer, was not here. She took some well-deserved vacation time. And uh, John came in only one day, but otherwise it was all just B-team people for the most part. And Robin. Robin's the stalwart in the entire thing. All right, right now let's uh, go to Steve Roberts from ABC News. Good morning, Steve. Good morning. Uh, Happy New Year to you. So uh, big day today for uh, apparently what will be President Trump's final rally as a president. What are we to expect? (laughs) Well, uh, the fear that uh, Republicans have is that the president's going to actually uh, hurt the chances of the two Republican candidates in Georgia. He said it over the weekend in that now famous phone call with Republican officials. He said a lot of people are not going to vote. And they're not going to vote because he's told them over and over and over again with no evidence whatsoever, none, that the election in Georgia was rigged. Let's remember the election in Georgia was run by conservative Republicans, conservative Republican secretary of state, conservative Republican governor. The election has been certified three different times. It's come out exactly the same way. President lost by a little less than 12,000 votes. But he cannot stand the fact that he lost. And he tried yesterday in this phone call 
to again dispute the turnout. And the real fear that Republicans have is a certain number of Republican voters, since they've been told repeatedly by the president and also, by the way, by his supporters in talk radio and Fox News, that the election's been rigged. They're going to throw up their hands and say, why bother to vote? There are millions of Democratic votes already been cast. The the, uh, Democratic organizers, particularly in the black community, have been very effective at at, uh, generating early voting um, in Georgia. Uh, And Republicans are going to have a chance tomorrow. They've got to depend on the turnout of their voters on Election Day. And the real irony here is that in this final rally, his final political act as president, the president could actually wind up helping Democrats take control of the U.S. Senate. We were saying earlier how uh, I don't recall that I've actually heard him at any point since November, I should say, when we knew that this election was going to be happening tomorrow. I don't recall that I've actually heard President Trump extolling any virtues or even really supporting the two Senate candidates, the Republicans, Leffler and Purdue. Has that really been the case? I haven't heard him at all say that. Yes. Well, you're right about that because we know, look, Donald Trump is 74 years old. We know who he is. We know that the world totally revolves around him. And so he doesn't care about Leffler and Purdue. He cares about himself. He can't refocus. All he the, the phone call was so clear. He didn't even mention Leffler and Purdue in an hour-long phone call. Why? Because his total worldview is as good or bad for me, 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 me. That's Donald Trump's view of the world. And so um, he's totally incapable of of shifting gears and and, and projecting. Uh, in, in terms of the uh, benefits to other people. Uh, and uh, and that's why Republicans are so alarmed from a political point of view that this president can actually wind up depressing turnout. In fact, he said it himself. He said it in that phone call. He said there are a lot of Republicans who are so angry with the outcome in Georgia that they, they're not going to vote. Well, why are they angry? They're angry because the president himself has told them for two months that the election was rigged. And by the way, it's not just the president. It's the president and the right-wing conservative media echo chamber. It's, it's Rush Limbaugh. It's Fox News. And, and folks who, have been, if they've been told for two solid months by the sources of information that they trust that the election was rigged, they're going to believe them. And uh, that's the risk for Republicans, because if people believe that, a certain number of them are going to throw up their hands and say, well, why bother to vote? So we know that uh, Wednesday when we had the official formality, I guess, of the certification of the Electoral College, but since November, and we know that it's been a lot of, we keep hearing, for the for the layman when it comes to politics, we keep hearing, oh, this is the date, and this is the date. Well, once it hits this, then there's no going back, and it's done. But yet, it sure seems like every time <laughs> that we hear something, it's like, oh, it's the next date. So it, everything... As much as it may get delayed on Wednesday with objections from other senators and other House members, inevitably when this thing is done either Wednesday or even Thursday if it stretches into that, is there anything else, a date that we have to look no, that no, we look at other than no. the inauguration? The, the key date is long past. Wednesday is not the key date. Wednesday is a pure formality. The irony here is the results in Georgia are up for grabs. But the results in Washington on Wednesday are not up for grabs. The Republican protests are purely political theater designed for two related reasons. One is to simply continue to egg on Trump supporters and feed their grievances. And then you have, particularly in the Senate, you have some very young, ambitious senators who are um, already jockeying to inherit 
uh, Trumpism and Trump supporters. Josh Hawley of Missouri, Ted Cruz of Texas, there are others. And they're the ones who are out there uh, leading the charge and, and, and trying to gain the publicity that they will get from a totally fruitless and, and futile effort. Um, and they know it. This is all political theater. This is not reality. This is designed simply to continue to feed the grievances uh, of the Trump supporters. And a number of other people have used this analogy. What we're talking about is an arsonist who sets this fire and then pleads for the fire department to come in and, and turn out the fire. Why? And, and these senators who are, who are arguing that there still should be an open question on Wednesday, what's their argument? Their argument is, well, my constituents are upset. My constituents think that the election was a fraud. Well, yes, that's true. They do think that. But why do they think it? They think it because they've been told for two months by Donald Trump and Fox News that it's a fraud. And it's a circular argument. But um, the election, the, the key dates were passed a long time ago. The president had a total right to demand a recount. The president had a total right to go into court and demand that federal judges examine the legitimacy of the elections. But those decisions were rendered many weeks ago. And, uh, and, and that decision is final and definitive and clear. Even Mitch McConnell, the Republican leader of the Senate, one of Trump's loyalist allies, said that in the middle of December. That's when the break point was, somewhere in the middle of December, not now. So after the phone call was released this weekend, and he, of course, was clearly irritated by it and kind of referenced it in tweeting, and uh, Raffensperger, in his defense, came right back at him on, on Twitter as well, said, no, what you're saying uh, was the case was not the case. With both Pence and Trump in Georgia today, uh, as long as, uh, along with uh, leading Democrats doing their thing, is Trump just expected to speak at one rally, or is he going to move around at all, or what do we know, anything about that? As best I can tell, as he's going to speak in one rally in a, in a town called Dalton, Georgia, um, this is in the northwest corner of the state, which is the most conservative part of the state. Um, Democrats have built up, uh, they've banked millions of votes um, in early voting, largely in the heavily black areas around Atlanta and, and other urban areas. You got to remember, Georgia probably has the largest black vote of any state in the country. It can be thirty uh, percent or larger. Um, and that's where the Democrats have focused their efforts. So if, if the Republicans are going to have a shot, they've got to turn out voters in uh, these conservative parts of Georgia. And that's why the Trump is not speaking in Atlanta. He's speaking in the northwest corner, which is very rural, very conservative. And we know from the, from the, the dynamics of November that the Democrats were successful at building up um, a lot of uh, success and a lot of uh, uh, advantages in early voting. But Trump voters come out on Election Day and, and you could have a, a mirror image of what happened on Election Night, where the early votes are tallied in Georgia, showing Trump, uh, the Republicans ahead, because those Election Day votes are the ones that are counted first. And then, as we saw in Pennsylvania and other states in November, uh, as people uh, tally the mail in votes, as they tally the early votes, um, uh, the gap starts to close. And so you could have a real repeat of that same scenario, which is outraged Trump so much where he kept arguing with no evidence that the election was uh, uh, was stolen from. And look, bottom line here is nothing's going to change on Wednesday. Nothing's going to change on January 20th. So Joe Biden is going to be the next president. But what the legacy here is potentially very damaging. About three out of four Trump voters are going to look at Joe Biden as an illegitimate president. 
And that's a very significant disability to be starting your presidency with. So uh, by this time tomorrow, we should probably have some pretty interesting sound bites from this rally that's going to take place tonight. And then by Wednesday, hopefully by Wednesday, we should have a clearer picture as to how the Senate is going to shake out with either Democrat control or Republican control. Uh, we'll have our eye on yeah, it. Thank- uh, Go ahead. Yeah, just to, to make the point that even if the Democrats do win both races and they then control the Senate because Vice President Harris could cast a deciding vote, right. um, there's still a filibuster. Republicans are still going to have a lot of leverage no matter what happens. Ah, interesting. Okay, we'll keep our eye on it. Thank you so much, Steve. Steve Roberts from ABC News. Uh, nice little breakdown there. It is going to be an incredibly interesting, and as you just heard Steve say, that even if Democrats win both of those seats tomorrow, all it means is that Kamala Harris, as vice president, will be uh, the one who gets to decide any tie-breaking votes, which is what it would be if it were unanimous uh, Democrat, uh, Democrat and Republican uh, votes for anything in the Senate. But as he just said, there's always still the power of filibusters, which Bernie Sanders had threatened to do last week, but it uh, didn't look like that was going to happen. Okay, when we come back, we're going to talk to Aaron Katursky, the latest on uh, the COVID-19 numbers and the big numbers that we hit, uh, the milestone, the unfortunate milestone that we hit uh, over the weekend. It ain't no joke, I'd like to buy the world a token, teach the world to sing in perfect harmony, and teach the world to snuff the fires and the Welcome back to the Wake Up Call on KFI AM 640. Live everywhere on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Michael Crozier, filling in for Jennifer Jones-Lee. One more day today. Here are some of the stories we're following in the KFI 24-hour newsroom. Seven children, two adults have been killed in a head-on crash in Central California when a man drove onto the shoulder and then overcorrected into oncoming traffic. Congress has sworn in its new session with the slimmest majority for Democrats in 20 years. In all 10 living former secretaries of defense have joined together to say using the military to resolve any election disputes would be dangerous, unlawful, and unconstitutional. And we're just minutes away from Handle on the News, the early edition with your host, Bill. He's back. 5.53 on your wake-up call right now. We've got Aaron Katursky. Good morning, Aaron, from ABC News. Good morning, Michael. So uh, another, uh, we had another big number over the weekend, didn't we? Yeah, it, it's more than 20 million coronavirus cases now in the United States. And for two straight days, the uh, the U.S. had uh, crossed 200,000 new daily infections. So it's a it's a real challenge for, um, you know, for the United States at this point. And no and no real um, no real sense that that people want to take measures that would be required to to do anything differently. Um, so the. Um, the, the country is now at a point of raging infection, more than 351,000 deaths, and also a, um, you know, a, a point where vaccines are kind of a bit slower in the rollout than had been anticipated. Yeah, they were, exp- they were saying the goal uh, on by Friday, uh, by the end of the year, was 20 million, and they had only hit about roughly just under 3 million. And they, they, uh, Fauci said over the weekend that they've been hitting a nice clip at, what, 500,000 doses that they've been distributing a day, but they'd like to get that to a million to where we can hit that 100 million in uh, Biden's first 100 days in office. That's right. The, um, you know, the, the last 72 hours, the U.S. has vaccinated 1.5 million people. So the pace has picked up. And the anticipation from Health Secretary Azar is that you know, it is going to continue at that kind of rapid uptick. That, that would be good. But there's still, uh, as he put it to us this morning, 
still some logistical challenges associated with the biggest vaccine rollout ever, um, and, and really no national plan. Uh, you know, the, yes, there's Operation Warp Speed, which helped with the funding, but the, um, you know, in terms of the, the distribution, that's all on the states, some of which are, are good, uh, some of which uh, are not so good and, uh, and, and may lack some of the resources needed to make sure that they can get the vaccine to all those populations that need it uh, as soon as they can, they can do it. Yeah, when, when we keep hearing uh, who's, where you are on the list as far as getting the vaccines, obviously the early ones were healthcare workers, frontline workers, and now we're getting more into the, the emergency services, police and ambulances, and, and a little bit after that, teachers. But all of those are fairly organized as far as belong to unions. They have, you know, the, it's easy to distribute to those people for those reasons. Once we get out of that sort of grouping and it's just the regular populace, getting that to the to those people, I haven't really seen much of a plan. Is it just you just go to the hospital, you get called at some point? It's just I don't you don't hear anything about that. That's what concerns me. Once we get past these yeah. obvious ones. And 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 that's and that's what's kind of confounding about the whole thing is that there's a the, the lag is in the what are supposed to be the easy populations you know as you say the ones that are readily available um, you know right there in the hospital or, or in the nursing homes uh, the the hope is that as the partnership with pharmacy chains gets underway and um, it's just really now getting underway that that'll move things along a little bit faster you know a couple of states Texas and Florida open these drive-through vaccination clinics you know, where people just lined up in their cars and, you know, they open their window, they get a shot and, and that's that, you know, but they had to turn more people away than, you know, than they could actually take. So we don't know whether that will be a model going forward or or, or how it's really going to work. As I say, it's up to the individual states. And um, so far, the states have been bogged down in their first phases. Huh. And and we we hear that, uh, you know, this, these this massive vaccine program getting it off on the right foot and then it's within that then at the same time we're hearing garcetti saying it's just that spreading within households in the la area variants this new variant that they're saying at least so far they do expect the vaccine to also affect so it shouldn't make a big difference but it does mean that it's getting more and more contagious uh as it spreads and we even hear it's in big bear of all places that we've got a couple last cases of this new variant well and and that's what's you know fueling this discussion of uh, you know, slow, lagging vaccinations and rising caseload, why not cut the dosages? You know, um, maybe if you're going to give people two doses, give them half a dose each time. And, and maybe that'll provide some protection and you can stretch the supply and give more people. Another idea being embraced in Britain and advocated by some in California is is to only give a single shot and, and whatever partial protection that provides and then worry about the second dose later. Uh, and just have more people partially inoculated, uh, although the the experts are are now flatly rejecting that. And we and it it there is this weird dichotomy of what Fauci has said is that the vaccines are getting out there to the proper places, but it's actually getting them into people's arms seems to be the issue. And I don't know. I mean, if they're not able to get them into their arms in the first place, splitting it in half, does that solve the problem? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, if you do have people lined up willing to do it, um, well, then maybe if you open it up to a, a wider population now, the the thinking is, I think that you can, you know, vaccinate all these people. But I, you know, and I'm not 
sure the experts really believe it. They also say the science doesn't support that. You know, they, they say the FDA authorized this vaccine as a two-dose vaccine at a certain dosage level. That's what's been tested, and that's what's been found to be effective. So, you know, uh, diverging from that in any way, they, they, they say, is just not on the cards, at least in the United States. As the COVID turns. Thank you so much, Aaron Katursky. We'll talk to you soon. This has been your wake-up call on KFI AM 640. Everywhere on the iHeartRadio app, handle on the news is now.